0: Welcome back to Whitgift Conversations, the podcast where we talk to staff and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode we're getting all musical. Justin Miller is the director of choral music and he's joined by Fraser Elson, a graduate music assistant. Together we talk about what the choral music looks like at Whitgift, what events have happened, what's coming up soon and whether it's all about choral music or if there are opportunities for the boys to learn something else that might be considered easier to step into. Let's not waste any more time, but instead, come with me as we step into music and speak to Justin Miller and Fraser Elson. Justin, Fraser, welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Great, thank you. Very well, thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Dying to talk to you both about music. But Justin, first of all, in your position there as director of choral music, just tell us a little bit about how long you've been at school for and how you ended up at Whitgift as well. Well, I've been here
1: for exactly a year. I arrived in February half term. Uh, last year. And uh, before that, I was mainly focusing on sort of work in cathedrals with choristers and doing some work alongside that in schools, which is how I sort of came to love teaching and combining uh, both sort of aspects of my career um, here at Whitgift has been really quite rewarding. And how did you
0: get into music in the first place? I mean, going back to when, I'm presuming when you were a child, is is that when
1: you first discovered your love of music? I was a really late bloomer, I would say. I, I grew up in America and I'm the only musician in my family. And I didn't sort of stumble upon it until I was 13. I joined my local school choir and eventually started taking the music home and I had, I had a little Casio keyboard at home and I started learning the piano accompaniments to the stuff that we were learning in choir, um, sort of teaching them to myself. And then started learning the piano and uh, about age 14 and then age 16 I started playing the organ just to help out at church, they, they needed someone to, to help play the, play the services.
0: So that's quite interesting that you were the only musical person in your family or the only person to discover music in your family and your love of music. Was there anyone outside of your family who introduced you to music in the first place
1: then? It was my first music teacher um, in what we call middle school in America that saw something in me and got me into the choir. I, I, I still don't know what I was singing then, I, I don't I think my voice must have changed by then when I started. But I I never sang as a as a treble, as we call it, in the in the high register of my voice. Um, so it's a very different experience to what we have here at WICIF. But I'm 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 glad that I had that sort of experience in in late start. I could sort of appreciate it a bit better.
0: Now, sat to your right, you've got Fraser and Freddy Fraser, Fraser. You're a graduate music assistant, is that right? That is correct. Yes. So what exactly is that?
2: What does that mean? Myself and Oliver is the other graduate music assistant here. We are straight out of university. We were studying at university last academic year, and we came here to sing in the Croydon Minster Choir. Uh, I'm a tenor and Oliver is a bass and we also help out around the department with various tasks, leading rehearsals, um, helping out with the teaching and also a bit of admin as well.
0: Okay so which university did you go to? I went to the
2: University of Nottingham. Okay and Ollie was he at the same university as you? Uh, no he was at, at York but it's really funny, the, the the choral music world is a very small one, so by the time we got here we realised we had about five, six, maybe even more like mutual friends
0: so we kind of knew of each other before we met each other. Awesome, that's really good. That that's excellent. Justin, tell us a little bit about the makeup of the department. I mean, how does it actually look? You know, there, there's yourself, there's Fraser. We we we've heard about Ollie as well. How does it
1: look, and how does that reflect in the teaching of the the pupils at school there? Well, if we're just speaking about the choral music side of things, which is which is my side of things, there are quite a few different sort of um, aspects of it. When. Boys come into the school they all have the opportunity to sing in years six and seven and that takes place in their academic lessons so our music teachers teach that side of the singing and they have two kind of major performances in the first um first sort of year and then on the sort of choral side in, in terms of the different choirs that we have um i oversee we have soul choir um a cappella choir and uh, the choristers and chamber choir, which is kind of the the, the bulk of what I do. We are sitting now in the song room, uh, which is, I think, the best room in the school. Oh, definitely. And every single morning, apart from Wednesdays, the choristers come here to rehearse at 8 o'clock in the morning. And on Tuesdays, uh, after school, they go down to the minster to sing choral evensong. So they form a part of the minster choir, a really important part of the minster choir, and they sing on Sunday service for Sunday services as well. And we have a whole sort of set of staff down there as well. We've got our sub organist and our singing teacher and two choir matrons, and it's quite a big operation, because when the entire minster choir is in, it's it's ninety singers. So it's the largest church music department in the country, really, singing four or five services a week. And the the Whitgift boys then, of course, after their choristers, sort of morph into choral scholars and then they sing in the back row of the choir after their voices break. So they carry on singing um, right up until they leave school, if they'd like.
0: So it's interesting then that the school has a director of choral music and, of course, a director of music as well. How come come we've got these two roles? I mean, I'm, I'm presuming that being a director of choral music that you sit... Clearly in the music department, but is, is it that the school does far more
1: choral music than other schools might do? I would say because of the minster link. I mean, the, the important thing about the minster link, link, which I run, is is that it's very much a sort of community link that we have with the minster. When when our Whitgift boys go down to the minster, they're singing alongside another thirteen or so boys from other schools. Um, they also sing alongside the girls' choir sometimes, and there are 28 girls in the girls' choir. So it's an opportunity for the boys to interact with girls, which, you know, (laughs) um, they often don't see around here at Whitgift. And they're also uh, singing alongside um, adults as part of a team, so it's a kind of multi-generational thing. And so I think that's quite important for the school, is is sort of providing the link with the community in that sort of way. Um, As to why we have two, a director of choral music and a director of music, I think it'd be impossible to combine the two. I'm director of music at the Minster as well, so I sort of have two roles. So I, I think combining it all would would, would would be quite busy, I think. Because I also do classroom teaching, which is a new thing to me, and uh, I'm enjoying that immensely, actually. So it, it frees me up time to do that. So tell me a little bit then about the boys and, and
0: when they're singing, because... I'm going to imagine. Uh, I'm just trying to trying to picture what, what, what this actually looks like. But I'm going to imagine that there are some boys who are fantastic at singing and maybe don't recognise that. There might be other boys who, who who've, who've been encouraged by their parents to sing because maybe, maybe their parents sing, uh, and they're and they're still discovering their love of music. I mean, you know, what what, what are the different, uh, if I can say, levels of enthusiasm
1: within within the the boys when they're singing? How does that actually look? As I mentioned before, when when they come in and to the school in year six and year seven, they they all sing in their academic lesson, music lessons. And, you know, I remember, of course, I arrived in February last year, but this September was my first time starting off, you know, beginning of term with a with a new set of boys. And the first week, yes, yes, there are a few who, oh, sorry, I don't like singing. And, you know, and they, they they don't know that their head voices exist. And the. Trouble sometimes with boys is that when they're in primary school, they're not encouraged to access the higher parts of their voice, and boys can sing. Young young boys can sing really, really, really high until their voices break, but they're not often challenged to access that part of their voice. Um, so that's our job really is to to get them to find that sort of headspace and that 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 upper part of their their register. And once they get that, that's I think one of the the joys of actually. What we do here is when you get a boy in year six and year seven who is just convinced that he can't do it, and suddenly he has this sort of aha moment where, oh, I can do it. And it's amazing when I do parents' evening and I'm speaking to these parents and I say to them, your son's actually really good at singing. And they're like, no way, there's, there's, that's impossible. I was like, yes, he's actually really good. Um, and and then I have some parents who say, we, we can't stop him singing at home. He's singing in the shower. He's singing all, all the songs you're learning in class. He's 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 singing. So... So it is very much a journey when they start in year six and seven. We've just had a a performance, uh, the Lent Collection, and year six was singing, which is Lower First, and for a lot of them, it was their first time performing music ever. Um, And we did a a really huge range of songs, one about rice and beans, uh, a Japanese folk song, all sorts of sort of silly and fun songs, but, but all up in their head voices that they've recently discovered over the past term and a bit.
0: Tell me a little bit about the recent events that you've done. You mentioned the Lent collection, but what else has there been?
2: Well, so so the Lent collection is the main one we've done recently. That wasn't there was also that was a chance for a lot of the junior ensembles to kind of have their their time in the spotlight, as it were, um, alongside this Year Six choir. We also had the autumn collection last term um which was more for some of the senior ensembles and the bigger orchestras and that was a year 7 choir doing a Disney medley which was very entertaining and a lot of good fun um part of the kind of part of my Oliver's role is sitting in with the year 6 and 7 singing rehearsals and the engagement in those singing sessions for both choirs was was immense and it was it was incredible to see they really the boys really enjoyed it Obviously, the run up through to Christmas, we had carol services and nine lessons and carols down at the Minster. Uh, we had a BBC Radio Three recording of our choral even song, which was really exciting. And we also did a project at Westminster Cathedral, and we took the that was the girls' choir and a few of the choral scholars to sing in the Gabrielli Raw. Uh, concert there which kind of includes a lot of schools and it was great to see a lot of different schools and the uh, the boys and girls could interact um with a lot of different uh, like-minded choral scholars and the like, which
0: was really great to see. Now, one of the things you just mentioned there, Fraser, was a choral evensong. And I'm just thinking, some of the people who are listening to this, they, they might think, oh, evensong, that's one of those music-y sort of terminology words. I, I don't really understand what that is. Just tell us, for the sake of people listening, what evensong actually is. It's a short service, usually around
2: kind of 5.30ish in the evening, which we sing on a Tuesday Wednesday and Sunday. Some cathedrals also sing other days as well. And uh, it includes a small kind of um, section of liturgy from the uh, priests in charge, and then a set of canticles, a magnificat and a an Dimittis, and then an anthem and a hymn and some responses, which are usually sung. Um, so it's, it's a very musical service. It's
0: very much musically led, usually with some plain song thrown in as well. OK, got it. Right. Thank you for that, Fraser. Justin, just to come back to you for a second, I'm dying to know a little bit more about events.
1: Well, um, we have a concert called Rise Hearts and it's a sort of slightly new venture in that we are, we've are we put together a choir of students and staff and we've got 60 in the choir um, and we're using our own players from school and it's very much... I think we've got 120 students and staff taking part and it's in big school and it's sort of based around, well, a lot of it's about around the piano. Mr. Lane, our, our um, head of piano, sort of is, is taking sort of center stage because we're doing at the very end this um, fantastic piece by t- Beethoven, which isn't done very often, called The Choral Fantasy. And the idea behind the piece is... And I think, sort of 1809, possibly, um, Beethoven put on a concert of his own music for his own benefit, a sort of benefit concert, and he put down about four hours' worth of music for this concert, including a piano concerto, two symphonies, and bits of the mass in C minor. And at the end, he thought he needed a big sort of rousing finale to finish the whole thing off using all the different resources. So he sort of at the last minute wrote this this piece for piano, orchestra, some soloists, and a choir that comes in at the last the last sort of minute. And unfortunately, he didn't have time to finish it. I mean, he did finish it, but the ink was still wet when they were rehearsing it, and it didn't go very well. Uh, and he never played the piano in public again after that. So that's to finish the concert off. Um, we're also singing the Five Mystical, mystical Songs by Vaughn Williams, and uh, we've got a fantastic baritone coming to join us from the Royal Opera House. And that will be accompanied by piano and string quartet, one of Von Williams's sort of smaller um, ensembles. We're also singing the Mozart Ave Verum Corpus, which is just a lovely, simple little motet with strings. And to top it all off, we also have the Der Freischutz overture and uh, Mozart Violin Concerto, the first movement of number 4. So it's it's quite a lot of sort of different ensembles doing lots of different things um but very much a sort of community event um you know to have 60 in the choir you know we are we're kind of looking forward to that and having some staff join us lots of whom haven't sung before but yeah it should be terrific
0: that's great to see staff involved in something like that especially especially the ones who've never sung before um so Maybe I'm I'm thinking if if there's a pupil in school who's interested in singing, but maybe they're a little bit intimidated by some of the choral pieces of music that you're talking about here, or some of the composers where you're, you know, you're you're giving us names like Vaughan Williams. And maybe some people have never heard of Vaughan Williams and they're thinking, oh, you know, that all just sounds a little bit scary, uh, even though Vaughan Williams music is actually beautiful. What what other opportunities are there for boys to sing in the school where it's possibly a little bit less intimidating for them? Uh, Well, We have an a cappella group,
2: which is usually run by the Graduate Music Assistants. Um, So that is down to me and Oliver this year, and that is very much uh, exactly kind of what you're looking for here. So at the minute, we are rehearsing uh, September by Earth, Wind and Fire. We've also did an arrangement uh, that I did of The Bare Necessities from The Jungle Book um Various other kind of barbershop a cappella standards, but it's very much kind of less highbrow, as it were. And um we rehearse Wednesday and Thursday mornings. And uh, so, yesterday I introduced them to, I've got to get this right semi occluded vocal tract exercises, which is essentially a fancy word for blowing bubbles in a water bottle, but it helps your vocal folds and all, all yeah, it helps your vocal folds line up correctly. But, um, we kind of do some fun warm-ups like that. And then there's, that's a chance for some of the boys maybe that don't quite know about the kind of classical repertoire. They can still have uh, solos and things in that. Um, Another, another choir much like that is soul choir uh, run by Danielle, which rehearses on a Monday lunch, I believe Mm -hmm. Um, with a similar, a similar emphasis on kind of those boys that maybe don't know much about Vaughan Williams and the like um, can go along and still, sing some really great music thank you for that fraser um fraser do you sing as well yourself yes yes so i sing i'm a, i'm a tenor can you not tell that he's a tenor okay yeah <laughs> um so so ne- next year after this post i'm going to Guilford cathedral to sing and Yes, yeah, so, so singing is kind of the main the main music making that I do at the minute. Yeah,
0: quite often in choirs there tend to be fewer
1: tenors than there are than there are basses. Is that right? That is right. Well, here we actually do pretty well in terms. of There are twelve you tenors do. singing do. in our next concert which is unheard of, really. Um, in fact, I think there are more tenors in our next concert than bases. Oh, that's which amazing, is surprising. <laughs> and Justin, do you sing as well? I sing every day. Obviously, but I'm I'm sort of teaching when I'm I'm leading a rehearsal. But I'm I'm an organist by trade. Um, I I played the organ in in various positions in five different cathedrals before um, coming to Whitgift. And both of my degrees are in organ. But organ and singing it all it all. Goes hand in hand. So,
0: does playing the organ terrify you at all? I'm just thinking that if you were playing the violin in a large, you know, eighty-strong orchestra and you get a note wrong, then nobody's really going to notice, apart from the people right next to you. If, if you're playing the organ in a large cathedral and you get something wrong,
1: then then a lot of people notice straight away. How do you feel when you play? You're, you're exactly right. I mean, it's a, it's a really strange instrument. You Certainly in the cathedrals that I worked in, um, just thinking about sort of Winchester Cathedral or St Albans Cathedral, they're so busy during the day that you have to do all of your practice in the middle of the night. So I used to practice until two or three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, and we still had a morning rehearsal every morning that I had to go to. So you do your practice in the middle of the night by yourself in these amazing buildings and it's a huge privilege to be able to have these buildings to yourself at night. But then yes you you do get into the services and there you are up in, a, in an organ loft all by yourself um, often miles away from the choir and you actually you have to play ahead of the beat because of the the time lag the you know the, the distance between you and the choir and the acoustic. So yes if you do make a mistake everyone hears. But you also are leading, even even though there's a conductor. You are also, oftentimes, depending on the cathedral, you are often kind of leading the way. So, um, so it's not as collaborative as playing in a string quartet and sitting next to the people. You can hear them breathe and everything. You're you're sort of sometimes listening through speakers, uh, and watching on a camera. And so it's it's a strange way of making music, but it's thrilling. As I said, the you know working in those amazing buildings and playing these incredible organs is, is is thrilling. But yes, it can be terrifying when you've got a particular big civic service or, you know, some member of the royal family there or any sort of situation like that. Gosh, I can't imagine what it would be like to play the organ uh, with a
0: member of the royal family there. Um, tell me wh- what whether you find it's easier or whether you believe it might be easier for boys to sing when they're in a boys school instead of a co-ed school where there are boys and girls.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Someone had mentioned it um in terms of art and things um and this is my first time working in a in a boys school and i think we probably have more success um in getting boys to sign up to sing because they don't yeah you know, they don't feel so sort of self-conscious around um and girls because yes the girls will gravitate to choirs more quickly than boys normally but they're not very shy here they just sort of go for it and and i think it probably is a bit more successful and in, in just having their own space to be boys are as i mentioned before i run all the choirs down at the minster and we have um, 28 uh, girls in the girls choir and 31 boys in the boys choir and they behave so differently um it's i think there's a lot more sort of camaraderie in the boys choir and, and the... first thing in the morning when i see them for rehearsal they are just bouncing off the walls, ready to sing. Which the girls are enthusiastic as well, but sometimes I have to bounce off the walls and jump up and down to get them enthused on a Sunday morning um, and just awake, really. So I think there is a sort of advantage to to having it separated, but it is nice that the boys have the opportunity when they're down at the Minster to sing with the girls. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for them. Mm, Absolutely. Both of you, I'm keeping
0: an eye on time because we need to bring this episode to a close in a minute. But my last question for each of you, Justin, if there was... Uh, maybe just one composer's music that you are allowed to, you know, have in your life, whether that's listening to it or playing it or or anything
1: else. Difficult question, I know. But who would you choose? Oh, Actually, it's quite an easy question. Um, yeah, I mean Bach, obviously. I'm, I'm as an organist and as a pianist and as a singer, Bach always wins. And yeah, easy, easy no-brainer, I think. And uh, yeah, Fraser, how about you?
2: Well. If I'm giving my sophisticated answer I would say Herbert Howells I absolutely adore all all the music I've sung of his if I'm giving my honest answer I really love the film music of John Powell one of my favorite composers So what would... what film music did
0: John Powell do Fraser? So
2: he he's done a lot of kind of um like animated films so How to Train Your Dragon is his main piece that I, I would say and they're just they're fantastic fantastically composed and
0: yeah i adore them <laughs> excellent well i approve of of uh, both answers actually because i do know the music from how to train your dragon uh but i also i also know the howls as well the um uh, the mag and Nunk, the the colrake you can't go wrong with that we're going to need to bring this to a close now but both of you thank you so much for your time justin thank you for being here and fraser thank you for giving up your time as well thank you thank you for having thank us. you very much So that was Justin Miller and Fraser Elson talking all about choral music at Whitgift. A big thank you to them both for speaking to us on this podcast today. Great to have them both on the show. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.